thing. All right. No way. No way. Is this going to be the beginning of every single audio? No way. I'm recording. No way. I'm recording. This band-aid is on my arm hair, and it's not wanting to stay. Ooh. I'm going to mention that. Am I? How are you brewing? (laughs) Okay. We keep saying things and then going, how are you brewing? (laughs) <laughs> wait you know what i kept a journal for some of this did i write anything worth i should do that mentioning well i have to catch up i think i'm gonna type a bunch of stuff i should have peed before this <laughs> you want to go potty no it's okay I'll we haven't okay. said anything of note we could restart no it's okay okay <laughs> this is, okay this is gold <laughs> okay all right well anyway we have to do a countdown remember that that thing we do sometimes? oh yeah oh sh- I mean, poopy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Box. I couldn't think of a word. Yellow's but a word. A piece of, there's a piece of lemon in front of me. I was thinking about the Crayola crayons, and then I couldn't just say crayons because we were just talking about crayons, so I said box. I thought you said fox. Oh, no, box. Like a box. <gasps> I didn't show you my woodland critter. What? Hold on, let me go get him. I was about to say, what does this have to do with a box? But it has to, it has to do with a fox. Here is one of the impulse purchases I made at Aldi. He is. <gasps> oh, he's so cute. He was seven dollars, so I bought him. And he's I heavy. Love he's him. like a door holder. Look at his. Oh, bit. that's yeah. really cute. But the bin was labeled Woodland Critters. Ryan almost got a hedgehog that had a hat. But I wanted this fox. So maybe this is why I thought you said fox, because I have a new friend. (laughs) He's really cute. But I gotta name him something. I'm gonna start thinking about that. I might blurt it out in the middle of the episode. We'll see. Okay, that works. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime... Chai there! Welcome to Cream and Sugar! Hey, Julia. Hey, Allie. Where do cats go to get their catnip? Where? They buy them on the black meowkit. <laughs> <laughs> That's so silly. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Most of the catnip the jokes were um, inappropriate, so. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We have been set up for three hours and are just starting to record the first actual episode. We are professionals. (laughs) We're doing great. Our microphones are fixed. Oh my goodness, that has to go in my How You Brewing too. I don't need to type that there. I just typed How You Brewing in the How You Brewing section. (laughs) That's how we're brewing. Anyway, we're going to talk about catnip today. Uh, but we're not even there yet. Before we get there, Julia, how are you brewing? I am brewing better now, but I feel like I've been on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Understandably so. 
So since the last time that we recorded, I was up and awake. It's it had been about a week since my surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still dealing with that whole mess. Mess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now I my my physical therapy is going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no longer in a brace. I am not using crutches. I have some decent range of motion. Uh, my leg consistently gets to 90 degrees now. Nice. That's good. Yeah, so some really good improvements for our four-week mark. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to talk about, though, <laughs> in regards to the surgery, was I had my two-week follow-up where they removed my bandages. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is you just meet with the um what's what's the assistant name like a nurse practitioner no or a registered it, nurse no he's it's like his initials but with an a for assistant oh but i don't remember what his initials are the knee doctor <laughs> assistant kda Anyways, you meet with his his assistant, which is literally his right-hand man. Literally, like, she's there for the surgery. Like, she's handing him things in the surgery. She's basically surgery qualified. She's just not... Did you hear him meow? Yeah. <laughs> that was to lose. I heard... In the background. You okay? Come here. Did you have a bad dream? Aw, poor Bubby. I'm right here, Bug. What's up? Um, anyways, you meet with her. She's She knows everything that the surgeon knows, um, but she's just not the one performing the surgery. Right. Come on, bud. Hey. Oh. I love the way he stretches onto you. <laughs> there we go. Remember how I said there would be interruptions? Yep. We haven't even gotten to the actual catnip yet. Nope. Anyways... She's the one that removed my bandages, and she gave me a warning. She said, all right, we're going to take these bandages off. And I went, okay. And everything, mm-hmm. everything is sticky. All of it. Like, the the it's special, like, waterproof bandages that go over it because I can't. Nothing, nothing could touch these um, within those first two weeks. And even though they're internal stitches that would dissolve, they don't want to risk it. You're right. So she takes the whole thing, which is like, I don't know, seven or eight inches of bandage and just goes, rips it all off. And I went, whoa, that wasn't as bad as it could have been. How did you do that? She said, I got really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah, that that went well. Um, Mm -hmm. My surgery is super clean. The scar is going to be minimal. So I'm really happy with the way it's looking. Yeah. Without going into too much details for people who are afraid of medical talk. Right. Understandable. Um, part of the reason we took a break last week from recording and getting all of our stuff up is because Mike and I have been doing a lot of adulting things lately. Yeah, you have. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have closed on our house. So Mike and I will be homeowners by the time this comes out. Uh-huh. 
first-time homeowners, we are very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we will not be moving in right away. We're gonna we're letting the people that are currently in it rent it back in a legal agreement. So they're giving us money to stay in it a little bit longer. That'll be nice. Mm-hmm. That means uh, they're basically paying for our washer and dryer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Since it doesn't convey. Ugh. Rude. It's fine. New new washer dryer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing lots and lots of wedding planning. Mm-hmm. Um, we have officially booked a band. Yay! Which is something that we were very stressed about. Yeah. But we officially have a band. We are very excited to not be using a DJ, which there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with DJs. I'm just, I really love live music. Yeah. It's of just all the things, preference. Yeah. Of all the things that I wanted for this wedding, a band was the one thing that I set my foot down and said, I want this. Everything mm-hmm. else was negotiable. Right. This was, for me, non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got it. So I've been dealing with that. I coordinated um, a menu for a taste testing with a catering company. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a good looking menu too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's I've literally made all of the choices like entree, sides that go with it, um, <laughs> and all the way to our door or hors d'oeuvres and dessert. Oh fancy. Yeah, all done. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when you're on the couch for a week. And can't, literally can't do anything. You make a menu. Yeah, fair. Um, and, uh, turns out surgery makes you really weepy. Oh. <laughs> so my, my mental state has been absolutely crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm s- literally four weeks and I'm just now starting to feel like myself again. Mm. And partially that's because I'm getting my mobility back. Yeah. I have not driven in a month, mm. um, and I still can't drive at least in, for another two weeks. You're almost there. I'm. We're getting there, so I'm slowly getting my life back, which yeah. is bringing my mental state up a little bit. Good. I'm sorry you had to deal with a whole gap in between of just, like, being stuck in that mental state. It's okay. I made the best of it, you know? Mm. Everyone's been super supportive, and I'm really grateful for, like, the friends and family that I have. But anyways, we, we've just been adulting all over the place between wedding planning, buying a house, and having surgery. I mm-hmm. just, we, I've had zero mental capacity to record. So that's how I'm brewing. I'm that's brewing fair. much better. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I'm excited to be taking you up to Virginia with me. Yes! I'm so pumped. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Long story short, I'm taking Allie to visit my childhood home. Mm-hmm. spontaneously because it was a what you doing that weekend and i said well we have plans but would you like to join them and she said yes and i went <laughs> yes <laughs> so very stoked yes it's only something we've been talking about for like a couple years now yeah only a couple of years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit but how are you brewing i'm brewing a lot better than i have been well kind of i wasn't really bad Anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) firstly, I'm brewing a little tired. I did not get enough sleep last night, nor did I go get more caffeine because I don't think I have any more iced coffee. So bear with the sporadic thoughts. But um, first things first, 
I apologize for my audio quality in the Eddie Lang episode and the <laughs> Coffee Waves mini-sode because we discovered in the three hours of getting set up and recording mini-sodes that I had recorded on my laptop microphone, not my podcast microphone. Because for you some know, reason, the one that's the really nice and expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one that sounds pretty nice, pretty crisp, nice and close. Uh, yeah, not that one. That's not what I was on. So <laughs> it's fixed now. And now we know that we have to watch that again. Because for some reason, like every other time it defaults to this microphone. So I don't know why it didn't that time. But I- And what's crazy is that when we ended up doing our microphone tests, mine did the same thing and we caught it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And honestly, I'm glad that's what it was because I was worried there was something wrong with my equipment. Ooh, yeah, or that would have like been my setup. That would have been more of a problem. I am glad that it was as simple as we need to fix this setting. Yeah, exactly. Like I just need to hit a button and it's fixed. Not I need to go buy new things or figure out something else altogether. Right. God, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny, but not funny. But it's also really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. We'll have that ta- that capsule forever now. Yes. Of that time that my microphone said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what else has been happening? So uh, Catherine came back to visit from Japan. Ooh. So she was in town for about 10 days. So we got to spend a lot of time together, which was excellent. We binged watch all of Heartstopper. We played a lot of Mario Kart. Um, what else did we like? We ate Poke Bowls. We just like got to hang out. It was just nice to see mm-hmm. her again, you know? Yeah. And she is back there safe and sound and teaching all the little kiddos how to speak English. Aw. <laughs> what a cool job. Right? Does I'm she really... does she still enjoy it? Oh yeah. Yeah. She actually um she ended up bringing back coupon books from one of the stores we were in like the free ones you can get, you know, so uh-huh. that the kids can read them and like practice talking about the things in the coupon books. That's brilliant. Right? What like, a great wow. way to teach them. Uh-huh. Like the teacher mind, you just see that and you're like, yoink, resource. <laughs> Free resource. Uh-huh. Um, I also have a Noom update, which is that I have essentially stopped using Noom, but only because the whole point of me using Noom was that I had not great eating habits and I wanted alternatives because I just didn't know how to eat healthy without just eating like a salad, which I do not function well on, you know? Most people so, don't. Yeah. So it gave me, like, the other options and stuff and, like, taught me more about what I could be eating to stay full without, like, just eating a bunch of carby, sugary stuff. So mm-hmm. having achieved that, I don't use the program as much anymore, but I'm still following it. And as of, I think, about, like, a week or so ago, I am officially under 200 pounds. Woo! So, good job! Yeah! And I know um, weight can be a sensitive topic, and I by no means ever want to make anybody uncomfortable with it. I am just a numbers nerd. So I'm like, oh, (laughs) is that a checkpoint I've crossed? So that's just my excitement. And then I'm also debating because, you know, Noom has you set a goal, like a number goal. So I was, it said you should be somewhere between like 140 to 160 for your height. So I was like, okay, I'll put like 160 by Christmas or whatever. I just picked a date. Um, Mm -hmm. But now that I'm closer to like 200, I'm like, I'm okay with like slowing down and maybe just progressively getting down lower and lower, but not like rushing, you know? So that's yeah. a nice feeling too. I'm really proud of you. That's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really I love you just the way you are, but I'm I proud think... of you for setting a goal and sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I 
this is about the this is a little bit lower than the weight I was last time when I was doing I think I was doing low carb but not full keto where I was like I'm happy with where my body is and so this is about where I was like happy last time mm -hmm. and I can feel the I met the main goal which was when I was up where I was when I started my body was hurting because of it so that has stopped which Yay. was the main point so that's good was this the weird pinky thing uh, partially. Yeah, it'd be stuff like if I sat on my couch, like with my legs out straight, or if I laid in bed too long, my heels would hurt a lot when I stood up, like just circulation hmm. stuff. And if I was sleeping on my back with my hands like over my stomach, like, you know, you know, the stereotypical like laying in a coffin pose. Yeah. You have your hand, yeah. Like that. My, my pinky and my ring finger on my left hand and down to my elbow would go numb, but only on that side. Which is bizarre. Yeah. To say the least. Which, that does happen now, like, you know, if I'm laying on it weird, but it doesn't happen nearly as often. So, all the random little things that I, that's, I noticed started happening when I was eating very poorly and, like, gained a lot of weight, that has gone away. So, that was a direct, I made a bad choice and now my body is reacting to it, so I went to fix that kind of thing. Not necessarily weight, just uh, fixing my habits kind of stuff. Yeah. So, that worked. Good job. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. And then, um, oh, a fun work story. So <laughs> work has been busy and we're just like keeping up with stuff. But uh, somebody called me a, a butthole, but not in so many words on the phone because I wouldn't give him one of our clients private information. <laughs> How dare they? Which I thought honestly was just funny. <laughs> but my favorite part is um, being in the South where we are. When somebody is ending a phone call, but they don't like you, and they go, God bless you. And I say, you too. And <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what a butthole, and hangs up. And I'm like, eh. anyway, moving on with my day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There are some <laughs> things I enjoy about not doing customer interfacing currently, mm -hmm. and that's one of them. I really don't interface with customers very much like not nearly as much as i did when i worked at insurance which is why i left insurance because nobody was nice well that's not true most people were fine but a lot of people were just like oh you're an insurance agent then i hate you as soon as we started talking and that's exhausting which i to be clear that's do not, not have now but that phone call was just funny i was just like okay and when i told my boss she's like and block his number I was like you got it good boss mm-hmm Great of boss. all of the people that I called when I was looking for homeowner's insurance, mm -hmm. I loved all of them and they were all super pleasant. So I, I don't understand why people have to assume that they're going to hate you. Everyone yeah. I talked to was super nice. I think part of the problem I had when working in insurance is that people had to get homeowner's insurance or auto insurance. And by the time they called me... To try to just save money and I'm trying to make sure they don't get a claim and get like whacked, you know, because they didn't want to yeah. get the coverage they need or they wanted a high deductible but didn't understand what it meant. Um, it then became my fault that they were required to spend, you know, a thousand dollars a year on a homeowner's insurance policy. Or in our area with a beach, much more than that. Right. So, yeah, they were the it was just a weird me trying to genuinely be helpful and people like, no, I don't even want this. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't make your mortgage company's rules. So if you would like my assistance, here you go. Otherwise, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. We love people. People are great. 
People are the best. But there were also a lot of people that genuinely appreciated that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah. So currently I am just running low on energy. And I'll talk about the reason for that more in the next episode. How you brewing? Because I want to <laughs> save something. <laughs> oh boy. Hilarious. Anyway, um <laughs> a quick fire question of the day that I will not forget to ask this time. <laughs> Have you ever consumed catnip? Have I ever consumed catnip? Yeah, in any form. No, honestly, I didn't even think that humans could have catnip. That's fair. But you can. And I'll tell you more later. But I'm curious to see your opinion on it. Okay. I'm I'm a little afraid because so far you've only said negative things about it and have even warned me to have a chaser, so... <laughs> well, it's for a very specific reason that I will tell in a moment. I have had catnip on accident. Actually, you might have had catnip. Because I had a tea blend that was chamomile with a whole... You might remember because I think it was right before you guys moved in 2020. But I got a tea blend from Spice and Tea Exchange. And... Or maybe it was right after you had moved. But I made the tea. And it was like chamomile. It was like a relaxing nighttime thing. And Chadwick became obsessed with it. Like whenever I vaguely made it, remember this. Yeah. And then when I look at the bag, because they give you all the ingredients, it had catnip in it. So, like, I couldn't actually taste it in the blend very strongly, or distinctly, at least. But I don't remember if you ever tried that blend. I think I remember smelling it and not liking it. Yeah. I think I smelled the container. It had other stuff in it that you didn't like. Like, oh, okay. I think fennel, maybe. Ugh. Something else. Is very we'll find horrible. out. We'll, we'll form a fresh opinion. Yeah, we will. All right. Do you want to learn a little bit about catnip first? Yeah. Before we try it? All right, everybody. We got Latin names in here. It's time for me to butcher Ooh. some things. <laughs> I thought we were talking about plants, not animals. Oh, ha. I was, <laughs> <laughs> was going to be like, yeah, plants get Latin names too. No, but they don't get butcher. butchered. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm it. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is just like sleepy, which this is not going to help, but we'll get there. What? I pulled up a how to pronounce this and the guy's voice. I'm putting it in the... It's going in the research sources so everybody can hear it. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be the first one there. Yes, bud? Should I pull this up? Yeah, actually, hold on. Let me open it in YouTube and get the proper link. But yes. Are you going to post it below it or in the sources? Uh, it is the top one in the sources now. Okay. We not looking, not looking, not looking, not looking, not looking, not looking, and land in a lake. Like I said, there wasn't a lot going on in this episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's fast. Okay, got it. All right, let's hear this. Just like the first ten seconds. <laughs> I was not prepared for his voice. <laughs> He sounds like the guy that records um, True Facts. Yes. It, <laughs> it's not, but it sounds like him a lot. <laughs> if Okay, so for our listeners, if you've never looked, listened to the YouTube videos called True Facts, and it's usually true facts about, let's say, the tortoise. Mm -hmm. It's a little crude, but they're like... 
Are they even real? Are they actual facts that are just spun to be really weird? Think so? It's been a long time since I watched them, so, like, I don't remember what the actual facts are that he says. It's usually about really weird animals, too, like the pufferfish. Uh-huh. Or, or the platypus. Like, or the mantis not... shrimp, I think, was one of them. That was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. His name is Z. Frank. I think he has a TikTok, too, by the way. I'm gonna go follow that now. Uh-huh. So, anyway. Um, Anyways. Cat- catnip. <laughs> The Latin name is Nepita cataria, but it has also been called catnep, which is C-A-T-N-E-P, catswort, and field balm. Interesting. And the reason I don't think you'll like it is because it's a member of the mint family. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be a big fan of this one, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that are part of the mint family. True. You might. That I do like. We'll see. 50-50 chance here. Yep. Um, catnip, the plant, does tend to grow like a weed. It's very adaptable. Um, and if you find it growing, the plant, a lot of different sources said, tends to smell like thyme, oregano, or in particular, something skunky. Which I think Hmm. is also just characteristic of a lot of mint plants in general. Okay. Like, when I walk by, you know how in Walmart they have little herb plants that you can buy? Like, not the leaves in the container, but the actual plant. I walked by once when it was almost entirely a stock of mint and I thought something had rotten. And then I realized it was the plant and it was just, it just caught me off guard because I was in the produce section. So it wasn't like an actual rotten smell. It is that kind of like just skunky. Hmm. But I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, I'm not going to go out of my way to find it, but I'll, I'll if I see it, I'll, I'll try sniffing it. Yeah. If you get a whiff of it, just look around and go, is there mint somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Is there mint somewhere? Um, catnip is recognizable by its green triangular toothed leaves, but a lot of sources also said that describes a lot of mint plants, so don't just bank on it being just that one. But uh, I didn't know that the catnip plants flowers in white blossoms anywhere from late spring to autumn, but that the flowers bloom in like these white bunches that go up. Ooh. Kind of similar to like... Like hydrangeas? No, more like maybe a larkspur. Which I only know because I had to crochet that. Not had to. Because I crocheted that for the um, the bouquets that I made. But it's like, it's a thinner... It's like a thick lavender, almost. Oh! I know larkspur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Wait, I think I've up. only heard it as delphinium. Oh, maybe. But if you look up, like, a catnip plant, it looks like that, but a little bit more sparse in the flowers. It looks a little bit bushier. Catnip. Whoa. Catnip flower. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really pretty. Yeah. You're right. It does look like mint. Yeah. Um, no. That's really gorgeous. Did you know catnip? Actually, I'm going to save it because you may talk about it. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, hold. Hold on one second. Um, Holding. Holding. (laughs) Julia's coffee, please hold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bees and other pollinators love the catnip plant. And it's also just relatively easy to grow yourself. Because like I said, it'll grow like a weed. So it is uh, very drought resistant. Um, Although depending on what kind of garden you're planting, it may not be super aesthetically pleasing because it does grow like a mint bush. So it takes Uh over? Kind of. It's more of like 
the plant itself doesn't exactly grow in a very like aesthetically pleasing shape. It grows like a gangly little bush of stuff, you know. Which honestly, I can vibe kind with that. Vibe. Yeah, very cottagecore vibe. But if you're looking for like organized garden, maybe not that one. Get um, marigolds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, catnip is native to Eurasia, and we'll talk more about the history. Um, but it's especially common originally on the inner parts of the continents and then it has spread all around the world so like it might be growing on the side of the road that you're driving down if you're while you're listening to the podcast if you're listening while you're driving but don't look too hard you're driving pay attention (laughs) just know it might be there um and catnip also naturally deters mosquitoes so it's sometimes used in bug sprays that's what i was gonna tell you yes (laughs) i was gonna say did you know that catnip is a mosquito repellent and that if you grow it uh, in your garden, it tends to keep away mosquitoes, but it also tends to attract stray cats. Yes. And bees, which I would like, but if you don't like bees or stray cats or stray cats, one of them, one of the sources said you could plant it in your yard, but just be prepared that you might be hosting a cat, uh, music festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. I did also learn catnip is not the same thing as cat mint, which is an entirely separate plant. What is cat mint? Cat mint is a similar group of plants, um, but it's also a member of the mint family and that cats also tend to love. But even though sometimes the terms are used interchangeably, um, there is a major difference in aesthetic specifically. So cat nip will bloom with white flowers and cat mint will bloom with purple flowers. So if your Google pulled up the same pictures that mine did when I look up cat nip, it pulled up some pictures of cat mint as well. Yeah, it pulled up the purple flowers. As a matter of fact, yeah. I didn't even see the white flowers. On mine, the very first picture is a white flower or like a cream colored kind of flower. All of mine are purple. If you scroll down. Here's one. Yeah, oh, it's mine has so white. pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, it immediately pulled up cat mint. Yeah, and I think that's because purple's also just, like, you know, more exciting. Nice. So people are like, oh, purple. But technically, from everything I found, purple is cat mint, white is catnip. But <laughs> they're very similar. You know, they're both mints and everything. Um, and they do, they are thought to have the same chemicals that I'll get into more detail in a minute. Uh, that they think is what attracts cats to it. But they don't know for sure. And um, sometimes cats will prefer one plant over the other more strongly. Hmm. I didn't know that. Um, Note, Better Homes, which was talking a little bit more in depth about if you wanted to grow either of these plants, suggested that you make sure you really protect them from your cats. Like, some people will grow catnip plants for their cats with the intention of, like, they can go roll in them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure you don't let your cats do too much interaction with it while the plant's young because you need to have the plant be established so that when your cat has a party with it, it can recoup. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to plant a young little catnip or cat mint plant and then your cat rolls over on it and then it can't recover and it dies. Well, that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just like wait a little bit, let it grow. And once it's established, you're good. Let it grow. Let it grow. <laughs> I couldn't come um, up with a pun. <laughs> I Basically, the way I wrote these notes are I asked myself a bunch of questions that I wanted to know about catnip. So we're going to start jumping around a little bit on topics and we'll get to the point. Okay. So 
my first question was, can cats have catnip? Because it seems obvious. But also, as with all things that I'm giving my cats, I'm like, wait a second. It, can I just give them whatever catnip or do I need to watch out for like certain chemicals and stuff, you know, like that? Mm-hmm. And the plant catnip itself is perfectly safe for cats. And I'll get into more detail in a moment of why they like them. Um, but most sources say that catnip is perfectly safe and will only have limited effects, if any, on a cat. And really, a lot of them said that it's not possible for your cat to, quote unquote, overdose on catnip. Okay, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Basically, the way the chemical interacts with them, their system, like, they get all excited and they react however they're going to react. And then their system just won't even register it for, like, the next couple hours. They'll be totally yeah. disinterested. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Why can't our bodies do that? Because our bodies don't have the things... We don't think our bodies have the things to uh, um, pick up on the chemicals that cats do in this plant. I mean, like, the regular, like, I'm really interested in this. Just kidding. My brain does that already. That's hyperfixation <laughs> for me all the way. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, never mind. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Are they yeah. just hyperfixated and they're like... That was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That was so 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, So before I get into like the sciencey chemical side of catnip, I wanted to be clear that catnip, even though you'll see a lot of imagery, like the treats that I get Chadwick that he really likes has like a cat smoking a blunt on it. Mm -hmm. Catnip has nothing to do with cannabis. Like, Nothing, aside from our own human pattern recognition. I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, but as a little side note, because I don't I don't know that we'll ever really do a cannabis-themed episode, but while we're talking about it, please don't give your cats pot. Ever. Ever, ever. Um, it's strongly recommended specifically that you make sure you keep your stash away from them if you have a stash, because they might, they might eat it, or they can also be affected by secondhand smoke. And one source, which I got it confused. I thought he was talking about catnip originally and then realized he wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. He said he is uh, Bruce Kornreich, Kornreich, Associate Director of Cornell Feline Health Center, said animals can't understand when they're being intoxicated. Therefore, it can cause considerable anxiety. And he says that he sees a lot of pet owners bringing in cats and dogs, mammals in particular, to the ER because the cat is just absolutely freaking out and they don't know what to do about it. So... Oh, catnip is great. Baby. Cannabis is not. Please don't let your cat anywhere near it. Okay? Thanks. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, don't do that to your babies. They don't need that. They don't deserve yeah. that. They're better than that. You can get them catnip, and they can enjoy that in a separate room. Okay? Yeah. I don't care what you do with your free time, but don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the big question. Why do catnips like why, why do catnips like cats so much? Why do cats <laughs> like catnip so much? Do you know? I guess it's the chemical. It do be a chemical. Okay, so we're going to try this chemical name, and I'm going to have to say it a lot. It's Nepa... Nepatilactone? I think that was right. We're going to go with that. Um, so there's a chemical called nepatilactone. Um, basically, on the catnip plant... There are these tiny, like, almost microscopic bulbs all over the stems and the leaves and the seeds. And the chemicals stored in those bulbs, and when it gets crushed or broken apart, then the chemicals release. And so that's when cats will get all excited, and they'll be like, oh my god, you know? I have a feeling that there's a chance that you went into it. 
What okay. is the chemical actually used for in the plant? Why does the plant produce it? I don't know. Let's see if I can find it. Because, you know, peppers have... Um, oh my god, what's that spicy chemical? It's the same... It's the same name as the scale for spicy scovels. Nope, that well that's that's what it is, but that's not it. Pep something. Hold on. I'm a scientist. Capsicin? Capsicane? C A P S A I C I N. The hot in hot peppers. Hmm. Oh, capsaicin. Yep. Thank you. Capsicane. Capsicane. Muscadine. Peppers make capsaicin because it's supposed to deter animals from eating it. On a similar note, I'll add the Florida Museum to our sources. Uh, it's thought that the nepotalactone is used as an insect repellent for the plant. Okay, that see, that's that's what I want to know. I was like, why is it producing this weird chemical? That also cats are attracted to. More than likely to keep insects from eating it. Nice. Which is why it's a natural mosquito repellent. Yep. Um, it also happens to, we think, be very similar to the scent of feline pheromones. That doesn't surprise me. Which is why they get very excited. They're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then they will scratch at it and rub around in it for their own reaction to pheromones and also potentially because scratching at it and rubbing in it makes the chemicals come out more. You said feline pheromones and I immediately went to female cat pheromones. I was like, <laughs> so does it affect males more? I was like, nope, that's not what she said. <laughs> well, see, that's what I thought initially too, is that it was like a specific one sex of cat that affects the other. But apparently they both sexes, pheromones have a similar smell that matches this chemical. Hmm. So it affects all the... all sexes of cats <laughs> what an interesting sentence <laughs> yeah. yep you won't get the plague but you may catch on fire <laughs> um, may affect all sexes of cats well because I, I started to say something let me hold on one second so um, it's thought that oh backing up where am I in the notes okay typically typically um, so typically when a cat consumes catnip, they will experience those effects of like excitement and rolling around and all those kinds of things for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and depending on the cat, they can purr, rub, meow, bite, chew, claw, crush, roll, drag themselves across the floor, go zooming around, all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's usually pretty short lived. And it's thought that these effects are solely coming through the olfactory system where they're inhaling this chemical. Um, it's also thought, but not confirmed, that some cats will have calming effects from catnip, and it's thought that that's specifically when they eat the catnip. See, that makes sense, because my cats aren't rolly around kind of cats. My cats are eat it kind of cats, mm -hmm. and they don't really get anything from it. Chadwick is excited, but not like full scratching. Like, he'll claw the carpet to grab onto it, and then he eats it. Chapel, I've never given catnip, so we'll be doing that for the first time today. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've given Gumbo catnip. Well, he has catnip toys, but he's right. never had catnip. I did give her, um, I had two light up balls. And so I sprayed them with the catnip spray 
And she mm-hmm. did seem especially interested after that. So exciting. We'll see. Yes. Um, but according to the American Chemical Society, about one third of domestic cats are completely unaffected by catnip. Really? And it's thought to be an inherited trait. That's about a sixth higher than I thought it would be. Yep. A whole third of them. Which is funny, because I was talking with Grandma and Pop yesterday, mm-hmm. and my two cats, based on like giving sprays and stuff, are into catnip. Their cat is not. So we have the full set. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. But it's thought to be uh, a, pa- a trait passed down through generations, so... Who knows? That makes sense. I also learned uh, kittens typically won't care about catnip for the first few months of their lives, probably just because that olfactory system hasn't fully developed and they're too young to be interested in pheromones, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, but that's my personal assumption. So it could be something else altogether. But catnip does affect, as far as we know, almost every, if not all, species of feline. So lions and tigers and jaguars and lynxes, they all love catnips just as much as domestic cats. I don't know if the one-third rule applies, because that was specifically for domestic cats, but felines in general have the same pheromones, so they can all be affected by the plant. That's amazing. Isn't it? I thought that was so exciting. And what, what I already said earlier, but just to reiterate, once a cat has interacted with catnip, it may be several hours before they're interested again. Hmm. Which is part of the reason why the sources said they can't really OD on it because they just won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, um, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm kind of curious to see. So Chadwick has had the catnip out of... I got catnip from Spice and Tea Exchange a while ago um, for him because I had run out and it's just straight up dried catnip leaves. Mm-hmm. which he now recognizes this bag and I'm curious to see if he comes running he did earlier when I grabbed it and Chapel followed because she could smell it oh he's going to take a nap underneath of the desk now and hold my foot oh there he is hi bud do you want to get a video of them eating catnip or do you want to just give them catnip I w- are we having them try the tea or are they just having catnip I was just going to give mine catnip because I don't want them spilling tea all over my carpet. I was going to put it on the hardwood. I don't really have... I have linoleum. That'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. I'll get a little plate and put it on there. I was going to say, I have a really big dish that I can just put it in that they can't knock over. I have uh, their food plates that are now clean. Are they clean? No, they're not clean. But I have other... (laughs) He licked my foot. Chadwick knows. Okay. Um, so before we do that, because we'll do that while we're waiting for water to boil. My next question. Can people have catnip? Yes. But. <laughs> so A Surprise to me. Well, so some people obviously think like, oh, cats have a reaction to catnip. So can I have catnip to get a reaction? Um, all recipes had an article specifically addressing that. And they said, if you've ever thought about trying some of your cat stash, slow your roll. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, basically, catnip isn't bad for people by any means. It's, I mean, it's just like having another herb, which I'll get into more detail of what it does for people later, like in health benefits especially. Um, 
but it's not going to give you any kind of psychedelic effect, really. Okay. If anything, it's thought to be calming, but there hasn't been very much scientific research to back that up, which would be why it was in my chamomile tea, tea blend. Um, a lot of sources, for obvious reasons, specifically don't recommend smoking catnip um, because, you know, smoking things isn't great for your lungs, firstly. Uh, right. Secondly, it's not going to give you anywhere near the effects of like marijuana. So if you want that kind of effect, maybe just travel to a state or somewhere where it's legal and do that. Safely. Um, safely, please. And thirdly, uh, catnip, the plant burns really easily. So if you are going to smoke it, you would have to put it in a, uh, a roll with something else like tobacco, which then you're going to have all the bad side effects of smoking tobacco. Right. So don't smoke it. Um, and we'll come back for more of how people have consumed catnip through the years in the history session. But for our point today, we're going to make some tea. Oh, boy. And it's it's very easy. It's like making tea with most other dried leaves. You boil some water. Um, we're going to go according to the package from Spice and Tea Exchange, which is that you boil it to 212 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like rolling boiling. Mm -hmm. uh, and put one teaspoon of catnip in eight ounces of water for five minutes or to taste. Okay. So um, you may have to steep it longer depending on what kind of catnip you have because it's not like it's not Camellia sinensis. So where you can sometimes steep that for like two or three minutes depending on like the tea. Like if it's an oolong, usually catnip's going to be a little longer. Um, yeah. And a lot of tea blends that are for like winding down and for calming down will have catnip in it already. Or sometimes people will just get an extract and put that into like teas and stuff. Mm hmm. So are you ready to go make some tea? Sure. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So we're trying the tea and I'm just going to yes. give the rest of the cat. <laughs> I'm probably only going to do a very little bit for the cats. Um, not because it's bad for them, but because I don't want it all over my floor. Because my okay. cats are very like, ooh, a thing, splash. Yeah, especially so. your little one. Yeah, yeah. And Chadwick, when he has dry catnip, claws at the carpet. So I'm going to do a little bit on a plate and try to like hold it steady so they don't sploosh it all over the place. Um, but you can give them as much as you want. They'll stop Hi. when they want to stop. And then we'll come back and try the tea ourselves on our regular microphone. All right. All right. Hi. Hi. Um, that was interesting. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> how, uh, how did your cats do? How did they handle? I know we have video, but we can discuss as well. I had polar opposite reactions. Mm -hmm. um, my older one, Toulouse, uh, was very talkative. He was just yelling. He was very confused and just yelling <laughs> and sniffing and like not drinking it. So he wasn't as excited about it being in tea form, mm -hmm. but he didn't, he was excited, but didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And Gumbo immediately laid in it. Excellent. So I, I purposely did this on hardwood because I knew that's what was going to happen. <laughs> yep. And Gumbo has a history of flopping if someone pets him. So... If something's going to make him happy, it's going to be the tea and he's going to flop. You just got to flop right into it. So I also put a little bit of it on the ground for Toulouse and he ate that up immediately. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. <laughs> and 
eventually he started drinking it and he he didn't react as strongly as gumbo did hmm. gumbo is drenched on his sides of his face <laughs> and currently bathing himself to get it off perfect it's the double win what about your what about your kitties almost exactly the same um chadwick could not figure out how to drink from the plate i had a very wide flat plate with a lip um he ended up smushing his nose in it which he didn't love uh and chad originally had the one plate and chapel was trying to also sniff it but chadwick would not let her and then chadwick's ear like brushed her and she hissed at him so i got a second plate um and put that down and she then started doing what gumbo did and just rubbed all up in it and sticked her paw in it and then licked the paw and then rub it on her face and then over and over again and rubbing her face in it and all sorts of stuff um oh my gosh chadwick could still not figure out how to drink from the plate and i felt bad so i got him another plate and that wasn't the problem so i ended up just giving him some on the floor and he was happy with that and nommed it up like a vacuum cleaner and then started rolling around uh and chapel continued to escalate in laying in the plate of tea and now it's all over my kitchen floor which is fine um and then when i took the plate up to put it away she went and rubbed on the carpet and gave herself bath time and then when chadwick came over to figure out what she was doing and she ran away he started rubbing on the carpet where she was so apparently she has transferred some of the tea into the carpet (laughs) which is also fine it'll dry up but so they're having a good time um they don't cuddle or play especially nice with each other because chapel does not she didn't even want me to pet her while she was in her catnip zone so they may go running by at some point and i may have to take a break to separate them but so far okay so good nice (laughs) yep yeah this one is licking his paw and doing this number and rubbing his face and Mm -hmm. bathing the other one is gone chapel shoved her face into her paw so hard it sounded like her nose was struggling to breathe so (laughs) she she squeaked a little but she'll be all right that's so funny (laughs) And just like you said, they were kind of over it in 15 minutes. Yeah, they were winding down when I came in here, so they'll probably be fine. They may play with each other like normal, but... Yeah. I did Swiffer my floor for the second time today. <laughs> Perfect. But only in that spot. <laughs> yeah. I. It was only like a little bit of drops kind of spread out, so I'll leave it, and then I'll do a proper cleanup when we're done, so... But anyway... Now that all the fun's out of the way, would you like to try catnip tea? Sure. All right. I am so nervous. It smells like chamomile, which gives me hope. But I feel like anytime I smell something, it never tastes like it smells. Mm. Fair. Have you added anything to yours? No. For once, I've, I've left it plain. Okay. And I am a fanatic with adding any kind of milk. We both chose flowers. All right. Ready to dink and All right. dip? Yeah. Dink. Dink. It tastes a lot like chamomile. It does. But creamier? It tastes like chamomile, but weedier to me. Picked up out oh, the ground weed. Yeah. It tastes like a different kind of bath water. <laughs> yeah. I've always associated chamomile with bath water. I don't know why. It just has that feel to it. There's also a lot of bath bombs that are chamomile and stuff like that. So, like... Maybe that's all I've had. Yeah. I don't Hmm. hate it. I'm not going to drink any more of it. But it's not bad. 
I think there's a bug in mine. Oh, good. Protein. It's fine. I don't love it, but I'm now realizing that I probably need to take this off of my desk and pour it down the sink. Otherwise, the cats are going to jump up here and knock it over. Fair. I had Mike try it. What did he think? He said it was fine. I was like, yeah, it tastes like chamomile. He goes, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it doesn't taste very strong. I did. Um, no, it's not bad. My babies are fine. Uh, Chadwick was outside and Chapel oh. was vibing. But now I have a pumpkin coffee. I have white chocolate mocha. Mm. I was getting real sleepy. So. Okay. This is lovely. Are you ready to learn more about the history of catnip? Uh-huh. All right. So, the first mention of catnip in writing is in De Viribus Herbarum. It's Latin. Which was a mm -hmm. humanistic copy of a Latin poem in hexameters describing mm -hmm. the medicinal virtues of herbs. Herbs, if you will. Herbs. Herbs. Uh, it was written in the 11th century, so, you know, about a thousand years ago. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and it describes catnip as being used for calming effects, especially for anxiety and insomnia. And it was also used to help uh, children's digestion and upset tummies. That's weird, because I started drinking it, and I was like, man, this isn't sitting right in my stomach. But I think you also have some, like, low-level allergy to mints and flowery plants. That would make a lot of sense. Well, I think we had this conversation with the rose tea. Mm-hmm. Or one of them. I have very strong reactions to that. Yeah, your body's like, mm-mm. I guess I wasn't made to be uh, an apothecary. <laughs> no, you were not built for the uh, the natural flower and herb solutions to many things. Which makes me sad, because I would love to do that. You can have ginger. I like ginger. Ginger does a lot. This is true. Have we covered ginger? Uh, we talked about it a lot in Chai. Okay. Yes. Um, and something else, I think. But Chai first. Uh, so... It was also used topically, and this, by the way, is kind of like throughout Europe and in particular Western Asia, but a little bit into Eastern Asia as well. Uh -huh. So like center of continent over in both directions. Um, it was also used topically in the 17th century, which is, this is kind of like when it was revisited. So I think it was used topically prior to that, but the 17th century is one of the first times that it's like explicitly used topically. Uh, and it was mentioned by somebody, somebody named Nicholas Culpepper. Great name. <laughs> and I put in my notes to read this like Tony Stark. Botanist, astrologer, physician, herbalist. <laughs> uh, he was known for making uh, the leaves and flowers of catnip into a juice to apply to skin for rashes, hives, that kind of thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, catnip, the plant, was also brought to the Americas in the 1700s, you know, when people from Europe especially just decided to bring everything over to the Americas. And right. I couldn't find a source that specifically said whether that was when it was introduced to Native American culture or if Native American culture already had catnip and then Europeans also brought it over and that just let it grow like wild. 
Right. I couldn't find confirmation one way or the other. But in uh, Native Americans also started using the herb a lot, and they used it especially for children because it was thought to be a mild herb. So it was used for things like upset tummy or colic. What is colic again? Colic is, um, if I remember correctly, basically just like where a kid has a lot of like gas stuck in their system or it could be something related to gastrointestinal and they are just like fussy. It's not like full on sick, but it's just you can tell the baby's uncomfortable but can't communicate it very well. So Mm -hmm. it helps like calm down fussy babies. Huh. Uh, The Cherokee in particular considered catnip to be a strengthening herb when it was chewed. Chewn, chewed. Uh-huh. Um, and in the Southwest United States around this time, it was used especially for digestive problems. And it was actually called Nevada um, for people that came from Spanish speaking background. And again, in this case, it was used especially for infants. And it was also sold, uh, particularly in the Southwest United States, well, to be United States, uh, it was sold as a brandy infusion with fennel. And it was called. A word that I'm going to look up because Inojo. Which is spelled H-I-N-O-J-O. But it was a brandy infused with fennel and with catnip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take this sentence directly from ourherbgarden.com. They said, like so many other herbs that we have researched, catnip is listed as being effective against flatulence. Oh! Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to, to to use that. Is it used in, like, gas X? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's strong enough for that. A lot of the sources I found really emphasized how mild it is, and that's why it was used historically for a lot of kids' stuff, because they could use it without having to worry about, you know, any extra side effects for the children. But, like, especially for mm-hmm. adults, there are a lot of other things that help more than catnip would. And from what I could tell, none of these effects were especially scientifically researched. There's also um, a book called The Modern Herbal that was written by Maud Grieve in 1931 that stated that the root of catnip is too potent. So you should just be using the leaves, stems and flowers. Too potent. Too potent. And I couldn't find any additional background for this but in the 1960s a couple different sources mentioned that catnip was used in uh different like for smoking as a marijuana filler or substitute which obviously as we talked about earlier wouldn't really help but i think there was a big kick of people just trying to find cheaper ways and different ways to get high and uh so they used it as a substitute for a little bit before they realized it's not going to work yeah that's when you run into issues with lacing. Mm-hmm. So, don't do that. Um, I also couldn't find any solid dates specifically, but some sources said that catnip has also been used in cooking, and especially in sauces, soups, and, you know, just stews and things that herbs are generally used in. So, like you would other, Interesting. other plants. Sure. I never would have considered adding that to a soup. Yeah. Not unless I wanted my cats to join me for dinner. <laughs> I could see it if you were using it, like, with this knowledge, if you were using it for, like, a cozy, comforting kind of soup. But I don't think it really has a strong enough flavor for me to be like, oh, you know what this soup needs? Catnip flavor. You know who would make a soup with catnip? Hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Why? 
He was a huge fan of cats. So much so that he was gifted two kittens, Tabby and I can't remember the other one. I just watched all this today. <laughs> um, and he was often caught at state dinners feeding them under the table. Oh, Abraham Lincoln was a cat lover. He would have absolutely put it in like a soup and a stew just to share it with his cats then. Right? Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I didn't know that. I uh, I saw it on TikTok uh, by a historian. So there you, there you have it. Nice. Um, and, and if for some reason that's not correct, come at me. I dare you. Please. <laughs> I love learning actual facts. Yes. Please. Please share. You can email <laughs> us at webrewgood at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, as part of my, I'm going to make a list of questions and answer them. I want to know if there's any specific history of catnip for cats instead of people. That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> and the answer is not really. Uh, it's kind of basically as long as humans have had catnips and as long as humans have had cats, we've realized, hey, cats like catnip. And people are like, oh my God, it makes my cat do cute things. That's amazing. Um, but there was an adage that I found on mountainroseherbs.com. That said, if you set it, the cats will eat it. If you sow it, the cats don't know it. What? Uh, that's what it said. If you set it, the cats will eat it. If you sow it, the cats don't know it. And I think it's supposed to be like... I'm thinking like scientific background. Maybe like moving the plant releases the nepotac... Nepa... Oh, I've lost it. Nepalactone? Yeah. Nepotalactone. Nepotalactone. There's another syllable in there. Um, I'm thinking maybe like if you literally just move a grown catnip plant, all the chemicals are released so the cats come around versus if you grow it naturally, maybe they don't smell it as much. But I don't think that actually holds up in any way, shape or form. Right. Because literally a warning with planting this stuff is that you might have stray cats. Exactly. So obviously they're going to find it. You're right. So. It's quite common, actually. Yep. But. It was common hmm. enough for the entire history of catnip that it developed uh, its own sayings and phrases. So That's really interesting. Yeah. And so now, would you like to explore the health benefits as we always do? Of course. <laughs> Tell me why I should be drinking catnip tea. Yes. Okay. So, other than flatulence. Yes, other than the flatulence. Um, just up front, everybody, every source I had was really, really... Uh, particular about the fact that there is almost no scientific study on the medicinal effects of catnip for humans. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. We're just like, nah, not that one. Um, but according to WebMD, Healthline, and a few others, the biggest one is that's just thought to have a calming effect similar to chamomile and, you know, a couple other things we've talked about. Um, mm -hmm. Healthline added that it's thought to have a similar effect to another herb called valerian, which just makes me think of Game of Thrones, but it's not that. Um, is that a root? Yes. I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get it, you know, in the um, the section of Walmart where it's like all the yellow bottles of vitamins and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get capsules with it. Um, but it's thought that the nepotalactone. Yes. I keep wanting to say metallic, and that's not what this <laughs> word is. Nepotalactone is similar to another chemical called valaportriates in valerian, um, which are, they both are thought to help with anxiety or insomnia and a couple other ailments related to like just general calming effects. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Healthline commented uh, that some people say, like, anecdotally, that catnip tea is a good remedy for headaches, and then pointed out that some people experience headaches because they've consumed catnip. So, well, yep, jury's out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another one of the other big sources I found for this in particular with health is euphoricherbals.com. And they said that catnip can be used to help with colds and fevers. And they said, again, not scientifically backed up, that catnip is antispasmodic and bronchodilatory, uh, which basically means that it would help your muscles and your whole respiratory system calm down and not cough so much if you're having troubles with that or a sore throat. Hmm. It's also thought that catnip is a diaphoretic herb, which means that it could help induce perspiration. So if your body is uh, like building up to a fever, it can help you sweat it out faster. That's cool. Yeah. Again, not scientifically proven, but I cannot say it enough. I'm going to try it, though. I'm pretty good at catching colds. Yeah. So, yeah, if that starts to happen, you could do uh, a chamomile and a catnip blend. Add in some honey because that's also really good for you. Coat your throat Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Euphoric herbs also called catnip anti-inflammatory and antiseptic because what is a cream and sugar episode health section if we don't have a whole list of antis in there? Yes. <laughs> uh, and Healthline commented a little bit more on the topical uses, specifically for catnip poultices, which, which those are made with just the leaves and the flowers, not the stems or the roots for what they're talking about. But it said that mm-hmm. they're sometimes used for toothaches. And they actually did reference a couple of studies that suggested that catnip can have antibacterial and antifungal properties that could help prevent or even treat oral infections. But there, it wasn't a solid background. It was just the thought that that might be a particular uh, use of it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you'd have to be, like, pretty far into an infection for that, right? Like, to where you'd still need dental work? What kind of oral infections? I think they were saying more as like a, like if catnip was used in toothpaste, it would be one more thing to help build the health of your gums, like just a cleaning kind of level. Uh, okay. And if you have a light infection, like if you're just inflamed or a little irritated, it could just help clean that out. Not okay. like full on root canal level or, you know, anything like that. But it might prevent some entry level gingivitis. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Healthline had a list of warnings, some of which Euphoric Herbs also mentioned. So, uh, they say, depending on how you use catnip, it could cause headaches, upset stomach, drowsiness, which is the escalated version of that calm, uh, uterine contractions, and skin and eye irritation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they said, <laughs> here are their safety tips to keep in mind before using catnip. Which, for everything else that I've seen, catnip is not that intense, but they seem to want to cover their bases. So, um, Probably because there's so little research on it. Yeah. The biggest one is don't use, don't consume catnip if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, which I'll comment more on in a minute. Um, keep it, a, they say keep it away from infants and children. But every other source, including Euphoric Herbals, talk a lot about catnip being naturally <laughs> calming aid for children and infants with problems with colic and upset tummy and just having trouble going to sleep or hyperactivity. So that's contradictory. Yeah. We're not medical professionals. Go do medical research. Consult your doctor. 
ask a real doctor. Yes. Not a website or a podcast. Nope. Well, yep. maybe a podcast if it's an actual doctor doing a podcast, but not this one. Make sure they actually have a degree. Yes. And, and not my degree. Practicing would be even better. Yes. Um. <laughs> Make sure they haven't been disbarred. <laughs> <laughs> Can you disbar a medical professional? Um, there's, uh, medical bars. Mm. Okay. It's, it's like they're licensed to practice in certain states. Yeah. Well, I knew you could, like, revoke a license. I just didn't know if you could use the word disbar. Hold on. I have to look that up now. I may be confusing <laughs> it with something else. We're watching The West Wing, and there's a lot of legal talk. Can you bar a doctor? 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 If a doctor's violations are serious enough, or if it comes to a pattern of similar misconduct, the state medical board may suspend or permanently revoke a doctor's medical license. There are several reasons why you should consider filing medical malpractice lawsuit after it doesn't say anything about bars. <laughs> I think, well, because the bar exam is for lawyers, right? Right. Medical equivalent of disbarred is... Uh, uh, it's common to say a doctor was unboarded or lost his board certification. Disboard is what I wanted to ah. say, not disbarred. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. There we are. Sorry, I'm learning new things from the West Wing, which is awesome, by the way. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, you should. Mm -hmm. um, however, <laughs> I did get that confused. Understandable. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. I did also just Google the... Um, definition of disbar and the second one to, is to exclude someone from something so it could apply loose loosely yes correct technically not correct <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite of the safety tips from healthline is to avoid consuming catnip if you have a mint allergy because it's a mint plant <laughs> so don't consume it if you're allergic to it which what if the reason I really don't like mint is because I'm allergic to it? It it might be. It might be mint and a couple other plant families or something that you're just not... You don't get along with. The thing is, mint is such a big family. Yeah. It includes daisies, loosely. Oh. Like, aster is very closely related to, to mint. Oh, I didn't know that. I was looking. Whoa! I was looking it up one day. Because you, because of the allergies, or just because? I was looking up asters, because I like asters, mm -hmm. and I was scrolling through it, um, and it, it it just includes. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is according to Britannica.com. The aster family, Asteraceae. Uh, is one of the largest angiosperm families with more than 1,600 gen uh, genera, genera, genus, mm -hmm. and 23,000 species of herbaceous plants, shrubs, and trees. So, like, a couple, maybe? Just a few. Yeah, just, just a handful. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, tarragon and sagebush is in there. So is chamomile, which is a little more obvious because mm -hmm. it looks like an aster. aster. Dahlia, cosmos, uh, fleabane, um, which I think fleabane is... Uh, I, I need to come back to that. Mm. Oxide daisies, which are lovely. 
Um, stevia. Oh, okay. Sunflower. Tixseed. Yarrow. Tons, tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is mint in the Aster family. They're in the family Lamiaceae. Mm hmm. But I don't know where they are on the rest of that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, listed as catnip, <laughs> <laughs> lavender, mint, uh, salvia, which is rosemary, and sage, and chia. Just savory which is an actual thing time mm -hmm. a lot of my favorite um herbs are closely related to mint which is why i looked it up ah okay this i just found um intro to common plant families for herbalist and the aster family is astracei and it is separate from the mint family okay that's good to know yes oh oregano's in the mint family but I can't specifically be allergic to the mint family because I'm not allergic to rosemary. Fair. Or lavender. I just don't prefer it. Hmm. Basil is in there. Mm-hmm. Literally all of my favorite herbs are in here. It's also a lot of your not favorite herbs. Anise is in here. Peppermint, spearmint. Oh, those are types of mint. <laughs> lemon balm. Don't like lemon balm. I do like lamb's ear. I don't eat it, but I think it's really nice to pet. Huh. It's nice to pet. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, so, sorry. I like good. plants. <laughs> We're just going down the, uh, the whole separate train of thought. Um, some more warnings for catnip. Don't use catnip if you have pelvic inflammatory disease or PID, PID perhaps. Um, your fork... Herb specifically said that catnip can stimulate menstruation, so you'll want to watch out for that. And that's also a big reason why they say not to consume it if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Could it lead to a miscarriage? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, gosh. Euphoric Herb said it could. Um, again, not scientifically backed up. But why risk it if you don't need to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I did make a note. That perhaps catnip plus rose tea would be an interesting combination if you're having an especially rough month. Because rose tea is the one that we said was good for cramping. Oh, yeah. Which it did help me. So, we'll see. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, they also say uh, just a couple other suggestions. They say always dilute catnip essential oil with a carrier oil if you're going to apply it to your skin. So don't just like dump catnip on you. <laughs> uh, okay. Keep catnip oil away from your eyes. Generally, don't put random oils into your eyes. Probably not good. Uh, <laughs> stop using it if you experience any uncomfortable side effects. Typically would. Mm -hmm. uh, and don't use catnip, especially for the first couple times before driving or operating heavy machinery in case you are affected by that drowsiness. Well, I have good news. I can't drive. I don't know if I would say that's good news, but it is good in the context of the catnip. <laughs> <laughs> good news, everybody. Uh -huh. I can't drive. 
<laughs> Woohoo! Why is why is that good news? Because catnip. Obviously. Duh. Um, Euphoric Herbs also said to stop using catnip two weeks prior to any surgery, but didn't really say why. Um, probably for the reason, same reason you're supposed to stop using a lot of things before surgery. Mm-hmm. The anesthesiologist doesn't know how it's going to affect it. Fair. Yep. Let's just stop that. <laughs> they, um, they don't let you take, uh, your vitamins, like, mm-hmm. two weeks before. Because they don't know how many of those vitamins are going to be messing with the anesthesia. Right. That makes sense. You just can't risk it. Don't risk it for the biscuit or the catnip. Nope. If you want to wake up, don't take your vitamins. Or if you want to not wake up too soon, don't take your vitamins either. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to wake up at the exact right time, (laughs) don't take your vitamins. Don't take your vitamins. (laughs) Uh, And that's our song of the day. (laughs) All right. That's, That's our song. That's also all the content I have on catnip. That was one of the most interesting subjects we've covered. <laughs> I really was expecting it to be like, it's a plant, cats like it, and that's that, you know? Yeah. Not like all these random little things of like, maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of maybe kind of topics in here, and it's it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I want to get into herbalism, I could do research on it now. Yeah. Like real research. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could go do the real research and then we can loop back around and, and back up or uh, disclaim, dissupport, because we didn't prove anything. Speak against some of these things, one way or the other. Well, I can tell you it's going to have glucans and I don't think it'll have endotoxin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> glucans are a false reaction on an endotoxin test because it has plant material in it oh okay it's a plant i thought it was an aluminum cylinder that you might perhaps store an adhesive liquid in no that's that's a glue can oh okay not to be confused with the tropical bird ah i love his cereal it is good. <laughs> anyway, would you like to do a quiz? <laughs> yes, please. Before we go too far down that rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> okay. So there are not very many catnip quizzes. So instead, I have chosen. Your seemingly random choices will reveal what type of cat you are deep down inside. I'm game. Mm-hmm. There's a sneeze deep in my sinuses that will not come out. That's unfortunate. Ha! Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. All right. So, question number one: Which career would you like to have? <laughs> a doctor, a teacher, an accountant, a dancer, a small business owner, or a psychologist? Are we pretending that money doesn't matter? Sure. I want to be a teacher. Okay. If we're going with that money doesn't matter, I'm going to jump straight into small business owner and we own the Busy Bean now. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. All right. I really like teaching people. It's just not lucrative. I, which is so sad. I like teaching people when they want to learn. That's I really, fair. I really, really don't like teaching people when they don't want to learn 
or want to pretend that they want to learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I admire you for having the patience to teach people in general. I have a lot of patience. <laughs> I have. Here's the topic. And after that, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm so sorry. I have a ridiculous amount of patience. I honestly don't know where it comes from. Mm. Probably my parents. I was a handful. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> People tell me that I have patience, but I don't feel like I have patience. So I'm not sure where that comes from. You have patience on the outside. I have a nice, calm, patient face. And I repeat myself. You're good at not letting yourself look like you're frustrated. <laughs> I feel just pure unadulterated rage when somebody asks me the third thing or the same thing for the third time. So I just like, I'm focused <laughs> for on the, not explaining. The third thing. The third if thing. You can ask me two things. Don't ask me a third thing. <laughs> Don't you dare ask me a third thing. You have used all of your things. Quit asking me questions. You only get two things. <laughs> no third. I'm going to start doing that. If somebody starts asking me, da, 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 da. you already used your two things. There's no third thing here. <laughs> ah, you have to wait. No more. You have to do it like a like I'm going to try that at dinner tonight and see if it works. Oh, do it. The second, the second somebody hits the third, or it's like a trap card in Muffin Time, where it's like, bam, is that a third thing? Yeah. <laughs> that's such a great game um okay on to question number two <laughs> which, which hobby appeals to you the most writing singing watching tv doing crossword puzzles cooking or reading i'm torn what you torn between i really like cooking but i prefer baking Mm -hmm. I watching TV is not a hobby of mine it takes too much effort to sit in the same place for very long fair I'm a horrible writer I disagree based on your blog but Aww, thanks yeah which I haven't touched in a couple years I still check it like once a month just in case you decide randomly Aww. to just post something thanks yeah I'm torn between singing, cooking, and reading. Because hmm. I like all of those things. They're all very fun. Mm -hmm. But I have social anxiety, so we're not going to go with singing. Uh-huh. And I'm... Right now, I'm a big reader. Yeah. But normally, it's hit or miss, so I'm going to go with cooking. Okay. Sorry, I had to talk my way through that. No, you're good. I also like doing crossword puzzles. But I'm not good at them, and they frustrate me sometimes. Same. I, like, get the words that I know off, off hand immediately, and then I get really frustrated. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with reading, because I'm especially just on a big reading kick right now, and I know it goes on and off. But the next best thing that I would have is watching TV, and I just don't consider that to be a hobby. Like, that's really... Yeah. I like watching TV, but I never sit down to watch TV to just watch it. Like, I'm watching something and crocheting, or sometimes and reading. <laughs> Okay, where would you like to go on vacation? Would you like to go to Copenhagen, Bangkok, Honolulu, Sydney, New York, or Boston? Hmm. Why are they all cities? Because you can on <laughs> only vacation in cities. Hmm. Everybody knows this. There's all no right. other option. 
Copenhagen is in the Netherlands? Question mark? Where's Copenhagen? It's in that Denmark. little peninsula, right? Denmark. Dang it. So it's not even in that peninsula. Isn't it Denmark, Norway, and Sweden? Norway, Finland, and Sweden. Finland. Denmark's right there by it, isn't it? It's close. It, I think it's just south. Give me this map. Oh, yeah. It's So when the peninsula comes around and Norway and Sweden are like this, Denmark's right here, just connected on the other side. Okay. Mm -hmm. Close, but no cigar. It's at the top of Germany. <sighs> oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think I was only in South Germany. Mm. I'm going to say Sydney. Because I've always wanted to go to Australia. I'm going to go back to um, the suggestion from my boss of our <laughs> coffee shop trip. And I'm going to do Boston. Also, New York scares me. So that's not happening. New York scares the crap out of me. Like, nah, I'm good. Um, what would you like to do on a night off? Would you like to see a play, go to a jazz club, go on a river cruise, have a family game night, hang out with friends, or try some stand-up comedy? Can I just say, I hate it when these questions put hang out with friends like it's separate from any of these other things. Right. Like, that's I'm going to say it's implied in the other five items as well. So, like, you don't have to go see a play by yourself. You can go see a play with your friends. Yeah. I guess hang out with friends is, like, just specifically time with the friend group with no other task. I guess so, yeah. Who wants to try stand-up comedy? Yeah. I Did I read it as go to stand-up comedy? I'm not sure, but either way, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's tr I'm not- no, it's try stand-up comedy. Absolutely not. Heck no. We just- talked about this i have social anxiety <laughs> <laughs> okay ali okay do i want to see a play have a family game night or hang out with friends oh see i'm surprised because i know it's jazz specifically but we have talked a lot about your love of live music oh, i do see i like jazz but I don't want to go to a jazz club. If I want to go listen to jazz, I'm going to Bourbon Street and I'm just walking into a random place to see who's playing. Fair. I don't want to go to a club. It has a... It's just not my vibe. Mm. It's not the same kind of jazz that I like. Fair. I cannot pick for sure for you, but I would narrow it down to family game night or hang out with friends because I feel like it says a night off. And I feel like we would both, by the time we have a night off, perhaps fall asleep in the middle of a play. Unless it's like Hamilton. That's a good point. If it was a weekend and we could take a nap beforehand, that's fine. I'm going to say hang out with friends. All right. In that case, I'll do the other one and do game night. <laughs> okay. Uh, what would you not want to do on a day off? <laughs> sleep. Go to a party, go white water rafting, go for a bike ride, knit, or play video games. And these are the things you don't want to do. This is hilarious. <laughs> this one's really easy for me, but I wish they had mentioned all the other ones <laughs> on this one instead. Yeah. Um, I do not want to go to a party. All right. I would 100% do any of these other things. I, okay, see, here's the thing. I'm torn between two funny options, and it's that this says knitting. I don't knit. I crochet. Or 
This says sleeping. I always say I'm going to catch up on sleep, and then I stay up till 1.30 in the morning and wake up at 7. <laughs> so I don't sleep on my no. time off. <laughs> but I want to. So I guess I'll go knitting. Okay. Just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean I don't want to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, what was your favorite subject in school? Was it history, music, English, math, gym, or science? Science. Wow, really? It sure was, surprisingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm going to go with math because I just, it was really easy to me. I liked math once I understood what was wrong with me. That will do it. It wasn't until sixth grade. <laughs> until then, I despised it. I see. I really like math and English. I like math because once I figured it out, it was easy and I just did it. And I like English because I like analyzing things. But I pick math. I pick math over English because I don't like being told I have to read a book. That's fair. That was an issue for me too. I didn't like that there was a time <laughs> limit. Uh, hold on, don't scroll yet. Okay. And finally, pick a TV show to watch: Superstore, New Girl, Glee, The Queen's Gambit, Arthur, and West Wing. Why is well, it here? that's hilarious that we happen to be mentioning that. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love four of these shows. <laughs> yeah. Arthur's the fourth one. <laughs> I figured. I like I love New Girl. I love Glee. Go at come at me. <laughs> okay, I love Glee until Rachel leaves for New York. After that okay. it kind of goes mm-hmm. Um Arthur, it's a bop. Mm-hmm. The West Wing is so good. <laughs> okay, I'm picking the West Wing. Okay. I'm going to pick uh, the Queen's Gambit because it was just really good and it matches the tone of most of the shows that I love which is that like drama with a very set story you know mm-hmm. also it made me want to learn chess okay are you ready for your answer this is very you Oh, I think this one is very you it, it's very short yes. it's you're sweet and gentle you make friends everywhere you go you're a mancoon Aww. You get to be the fluffy. I like that one. Mm-hmm. You're friendly and affectionate and outgoing. And if you're like mine, you're stubborn too. While this isn't technically a breed, I had to include it because I love them. You are a tuxedo. Aww. Yay. I like that. And I think that's very fitting for you. Mm-hmm. Tuxedos are also quite intelligent. Most black cats are, and I think they fall under the category of, like, black cat for the most, you know? They fall into the realm of not having to fight for the brain cell. Yes. (laughs) I think Maine Coons are pretty smart, too, aren't they? Yes, Maine Coons are very smart. Yeah. And they like water. Yeah. You're gonna get to meet a Maine Coon. (gasps) Yeah! Half Maine Coon, but yes. We were never sure if Chutley was at all part Maine Coon. She, she was so small. Yeah. I think she was just a long-haired tabby. Maybe. She, she looked or, like Or, I a, mean, a domestic long hair. She looked like a miniature Maine Coon. Yeah. She's just, she's just long-haired. Mm-hmm. She beautiful. She was a fluffy girly. 
when you meet Gaius, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is a big cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's only half Maine Coon. Oh boy. <laughs> but he is all fluff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that you know what kind of cats we are. This was important. I needed to know that. Yeah. I was going to say I'm ready for a cat nap, but we still got more recording to do, so I can't have a cat nap yet. We got stuff to do. I'm excited to go. Uh, we already tried the thing for the next episode, but I have more of it, so I'm excited to eat more of it, drink more of it, consume. Nice. Speaking of which, what are we doing next? Well, I'm going to say this in quotation marks to not give away the actual name. Uh-huh. Uh, but the next episode that we're going to be doing is Italian Ice <laughs> with a twist. Yeah. I speak Italian Ice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you for coming back after well, we just kind of disappeared for a minute there. We always appreciate everybody that comes back and understands when we just need a break for a minute um yeah as always all of our sources will be in the episode notes that's research sources the quiz and we don't really have a recipe but i will put a link if you'd like to the spice and tea exchange catnip if you'd like to order from there but there's a lot of different places you can get it support local business if you can otherwise support uh spice and tea exchange yeah <laughs> You can find our podcast at webrewgood.podbean.com, which is actually webrewgood.com, mm-hmm. because we're cool like that. Yeah, we are. Oh, hold on. I still didn't save it. I'll race you. You can also find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs> that includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. <laughs> and Amazon Music. Sorry, I was trying to remember. I was like, there's one more, but I can't remember what it is. (laughs) You can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at WeBrewGood. Or you can send us an email at WeBrewGood at gmail.com. And I did not look up possibly the most important information. Allie, can guinea pigs have catnip? Uh, here's Insider Animal with an in-depth analysis. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) And in exit outro music. (laughs) Uh, um, they say you should not feed catnip to guinea pigs as there is not enough scientific evidence that they are safe for their consumption. It could upset their tummy, so don't. See. But what if you dressed your cat up like a guinea pig? You could do that. What if What if you gave catnip to your cat while they were loafed? Because they do look more guinea pig-esque while loafed. Especially your cat. Mm-hmm. She's got the same kind of coat pattern. Yeah. Are you a guinea pig? She's asleep. She doesn't care. She's tuckered out. I mean, meow. <laughs> now she's she goes. <laughs> no, it's it. squeaky door sound. So we know that if you don't give your guinea pig catnip, they will forever stay, stay brutal. brutal. <laughs> Perfect. Can guinea pigs have this? Here's a, a detailed article. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That was so funny.